forgot all the basic things that I have learned in the fundamental, the intrinsic value, and the easiest thing is like a PE growth. The PE growth is a good indication for the growth stocks and the liquidity. Now, I, I know that is uh, something that you have to concern very much when you manage the portfolio that have a big, big, big amounts of the asset size and, uh, and the weight of the portfolio. You have to stick to it, not to go beyond too much. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Chandarong Kitina Intrani. Chandarong, are you ready to rock? Yes, sure. All right. So let me tell the audience about your background. Chan Narong is the senior financial advisor of K-Bank Private Banking Group. He joined Kasikon Bank in 2018 with a key focus on Thai economics and equities. Prior to that, he worked as a mutual fund and institutional private fund portfolio manager at Krung Thai Asset Management, also in Thailand, with more than 300 million U.S. dollars focused on mid-cap stocks. Chan Narong holds a Master's of Science in Finance from Thammasat University, my favorite university in Thailand, and has been a chartered financial analyst since 2012. My favorite designation also, CFA. All right, Kun Chan Narong, tell us a bit about your life. As you know, I started the job by just, uh, I'm an engineer first. And then I changed into the finance because my father also in the finance field. And I think I love this field. So I try to be in the mutual fund industry and I love the Thai stock. I love the equities. I love to invest anyway. Most of my money go into something like investing, just equities, bonds, something like that. Because I, I, cannot, I cannot save my cash. If I have a cash, I will pay a lot. So it's better to invest in something like that. <laughs> Use the money to make the benefit. That's great. And it, there's a behavioral finance aspect to the idea of not leaving money in cash, but having a plan for investing that because it can be very tempting when you leave it in cash. Now it's time to share your worst <laughs> investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. My worst investment is uh, about two years ago, but it have a story before that that is end up why I have a worst investment. As the beginning of my career, like uh, in the Krung Thai Asset Management, so at, at the first year, like uh, my fund has performed just like uh, along with the benchmark, that's, that's not fine. But the next year, uh, everyone still come up like, uh, okay, let's do this different way. We try to invest in the mid to small cap stocks to make a fund have a better returns and to encourage the people invest in the funds more. We, that time, I remember my mutual fund size is around 7 million US dollars. And after we changed the strategy, invest into the mid to small cap stocks, uh, I, as I remember, 
the the fund size has gone up about five times in one year and the performance is very good we got a rank two in that year for the mutual fund equities in thailand that's the beginning of my worst investment in the next three to four years because when you invest something like uh, yeah we can we can do it we we, we did it by using this principle like uh, during that time like the construction or the contractor stocks or something like a domestic stock has gone up very well because of the government the fiscal policy something like that during that time from my perspective i invest in the mid to small cap stock from the the trend for the for the growth for the expected growth not for the real financial or real a real profit during that time a less fundamental but focus more on the growth that is not still to come and the trend mm-hmm. of the like is is to make it easier is it's like the fang all this year like uh, oh we know that the disruption will coming the industry will go that way and it can grow a lot like a two to three times something like that yeah, that and that is like also stick to my investment for the next two, three to four years. For the the two years ago when it's happening, it's happening because the fundamental of the Thai has changed. As you know, the the mid to small cap stock is underperformed very much from the benchmark, and it's very incredible that the passive fund investments go on the top ten in in Thai. <laughs> Equities. That's that's the, like uh, it's never happened before for a long time, and it's it's weird because the passive investment be the active management for a long 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 time. In Thai industry for the Thai equities during that time, you know, everyone shift to active management of someone change from the enhanced management to focusing on less stocks, less diversify. Because in the past five years, the more active management or the more focusing on the stocks, individual stock has gone up very well, make everyone try to beat each other. So everyone have a mid to small cap stock in the portfolio. And when the, something has changed dramatically, everyone sold. And in my portfolio, I have most of it is to make mid to small cap stock. And you know, the size, as I said before, from the 7 million to about uh, 35. Two years ago, it's gone up something like uh, 150. And it's very hard to liquidate it. <laughs> and it's very, very focused on the stock, like uh, we have only 30 stocks, something like that. And uh, uh, the, the top 10 rate is like, uh, the, the top one is five or six percent wage mm. and uh, it's, it's very hard to change when when i try to change it's uh, it seems like uh, you have uh, something in my life if i liquidate it too much the stocks will go down dramatically under the intrinsic value of fundamental value anyway so i try to stick to that but anyway i, I try to shuffle the portfolio and try to look at it. What happened and what will be next? So the first step, I add more weight into the big cap stocks to make it like uh, less volatile first. 
and looking in the individual stocks, which one has a liquidity risk. Next, which one is like uh, for the next two, two to three years, it will not be goes up to cover the loss that happened anyway. And okay, then we try to, I try to reduce. Everything is okay until like uh, in the beginning of last year is happened again. The stories looks like well, so it's, it's like a behavioral finance when you have a, a lot of confidence from the good performance that you make from the past and you stick to your confidence, something like that. Yeah, it's happened again and I, I said, oh, why I do the same thing and the wrong thing again? And in the past, I, I, I take a look, oh, I forgot the, the, the basic things from the invest, like uh, the fundamental value, the PE growth, or the highest PE that is can goes up, or like uh, the, the easiest thing is like uh, when you do the PE band, when you look at the PE band, is happened, everything is happened in the past that I forgot to look at. But, uh, but, but the stock is still have a, a good fundamental anyway, but it's like, uh, the short, the short term, but the short term in, in, in the investment area in the stock is like a one year, right? But for the time horizon for the investor or anyone is, it's like a two to three months or less than that for the short term. Yeah, you know? the, the first question is if you, as you wrap up your story, how would you describe the amount of damage? Was it, you know, 20% down? 30% down, number one, however you describe that. And then the second thing is, tell us what you learned from this experience. The damage is not like uh, from the first rank to the bottom rank. It's like from the first tier to, to the third or something like that. But it, it, hurts, it hurt my feelings a lot. Yeah, and uh, every, every fund manager try to have a good performance anyway but in, in, in their own way. So maybe it's different and it's not, can match all the situation of the market. Yeah. So the last two years, maybe it's the passive investment. And what I learned, I forgot all the basic things that I have learned in the fundamental, the intrinsic value. And the easiest thing is like a PE growth. The PE growth is a good indication for the growth stocks and uh, liquidity. Now, I, I know that is uh, something that you have to concern very much when you manage the portfolio that have a big, big, big amount of the asset size and, uh, and the weight of the portfolio. You have to stick to it, not, not to go beyond too much, that you can liquidate really easily in two to three days, something like that. Don't see the upside only, see the downside too. Even though you know that the upside can occur in the future, but the downside can occur recently, very short term, and it will impact a lot, and we, it and it still impact you also. And when it impact you, it, it will change you, and it can change your view. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Those are some pretty great lessons. I have a few things I'd summarize from it, and then uh, tell me what you think about that. I'm looking. 
behind me and you and I are on video, but the people listening are listening on audio, but you'd see a lot of books behind me. And there's one book that's back on that shelf called Your Money and Your Brain. And uh, it's such a great book to help us to understand that investing really is a physical thing. It is a physical thing. It causes a physical change in your body, in your mind, in your emotion. And that book proves it. Uh, I think it was Jason Swag that wrote that book. And that book helped me to understand that it really is a physical thing. And if you don't think it is, audience, put some money in the stock market and lose 20% of it. And all of a sudden, you will have a physical reaction. So that's my first takeaway is that gaining and losing in the investment in the market is a physical thing. Now, also, it's important to, to discuss about the concept of how a portfolio is exposed. And I'm going to talk about three types of exposures here. The first exposure I'll call global drivers. And global drivers are things like oil price. So you may have, for instance, in the Thai stock market, we have a huge amount of stocks that are, when oil price goes up, they do well. And they're also large. So you could have a mid-cap strategy and then oil price goes up and all those large cap companies go up and you will appear to be underperforming. The second thing is the concept of exposure to factors. Now, these factors, the common, most common ones are value and momentum. But also, I would say that there's another type of exposure and that is a size exposure. I wouldn't necessarily call it a factor, but I'd call it a size exposure because you can implement a factor strategy in a mid-cap space. Let's say it's value mid-cap. So the factor is value and it's in the mid-cap space. So those are the different things. And I think what I hear from what you've talked about is a few things. I think the first thing is that Remember that if, if you're investing in certain type of exposure, whether that's to size, to global factors, or to, um, to other factors such as uh, valuation and momentum, remember that factors, the reason why factor investing can be very difficult is that sometimes you could even create a fund or a strategy around a factor that had worked, and then it may not work for the next five years. That doesn't mean that that factor doesn't work or that exposure doesn't work, such as small cap or mid cap stocks. It just means that it's out of favor. When you build only a narrow factor exposure, try to understand when that factor will be in and out of favor. And that is a very, very hard thing to do. But that's the message that you have to communicate when you're doing that type of a fund. And I think the, the last thing that I would talk about is just what I take away from what you've talked about is this concept of liquidity. And particularly because your story is about mid cap and smaller stocks, these stocks tend to have a higher risk of not being able to be liquid when you need to sell them at a reasonable price, you can't. And that's the concept of illiquidity. And so this liquidity is very important. And that's where I think you've expressed that you learned a lot about that and how that impacts you. So is there anything you would add to what I just said? Yeah. It's like, uh, don't forget the basic investment things, the, the valuation, the fundament, fundamental, and uh, the PE. I learned that in Thai stock market. No matter how growth is high, the PE, the maximum PE that can goes up is like about 50, even though your growth is about 100% or something like that. But if it's go beyond 50, uh, it's like, uh, no, it can't go any further. Got it. Okay, I like that. I'm going to call this episode Get Back 
to the basics. <laughs> All right, so now, based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Don't overconfidence. Got it. So the concept is don't let past success make you overconfident because you will end up failing. So challenge your yes. past successes. Don't trust them. Yes. Think of yourself as a guy that walked into a, a casino, put money down, and all of a sudden won big. Just by luck, they won big. If they base the rest of their betting based upon the confidence they feel from that, they may end up walking out with no money. So I like that, the confidence. All right, listeners, there you have it. Another story of laws to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. And as we wrap up, Chan Narong, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for our audience? Thank you very much, and keep investing. If you can invest, in, uh, I, I think you, you, you can earn a lot of money, and you have a... Have a Great success life. You can retire, then to have a in in the youngest something like that. Have a time to go to travel or go to trip, go outside to see the world, something like that. And it's it's very good to your life. All right, great advice. Because if you don't invest, you'll never get the compounding effect of having your money in the market. And why is Warren Buffett's book called Snowball? because he's building that compounding effect that Chandarong is talking about. So thanks for reminding us about that. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.